0: Everyone, welcome to Twelve Questions. This is Anna Valenzuela, and I'm drowning in a sea of nicotine withdrawal and uh, vaccine side effects and uh, and and homework. I am I I feel I feel like I haven't had a deep breath in in over a week, and I'm excited to be here today because this is my deep breath, and I get to see my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates.
1: Oh, hello everybody. Hello, Anna. You're you're dripping with all kinds of things and the the symptom of being a nerd is you're dripping with homework so congratulations <laughs> for bettering yourself mentally and becoming more edumacated uh, so you will far surpass me in vocabulary soon
0: I, I i tweeted today that um i must be a real writer because i turned in an assignment late and uh, one of my favorite authors tweeted back at me uh james uh, james a Corey tweeted back uh what uh how many years late were you Uh, and i said it was one day and he said you're not a real author yet (laughs) so i was i was feeling myself that was a nice thing but um, but yeah i'm a nerd and because i'm a nerd i love our clarity statement dave could you get that for us
1: sure can Welcome to 12 Questions Podcast. We believe that growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AANA or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and others. We hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening
0: Dave thank you so much Dave you got to tell the story about this pod because this is great I'm very excited uh, about okay, our guests so, today so. I love these kind of things
1: so uh, I'll preface this and then we'll, we'll let our guests introduce uh, themselves uh, so I was standing in line to hopefully finagle my way into one of those fucking COVID vaccines trying to get some science juice up in me. Mm. And I was standing in line and, and I had a nice conversation with our, our, our guests currently. And it turned out that we knew the same person and that we both skirted around the fact that we both don't do drugs or drink anymore. So uh, it, it was a good hang for the COVID line and I did succeed in getting my first half of vaccine and Woo. so did she. So uh, I want our, our guests, who are we speaking with today?
2: We're speaking with Amelia Burns. I'm actually gonna just say my name.
0: Yeah. And
2: better. yeah, that's who I am.
0: Yeah, she's she's uh, gone. Oh, do I need yes, to introduce? Am I introducing now? You I'm did. I'm Amelia it. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. You
1: already you did, it. did it. You done. You, you done did the I know deal. If I, have to, like, I love it. Myself.
0: I love the way you said it was so be it was so like Beyonce uh, circa Destiny's Child. I'm just gonna say my name. Uh, very cool. Uh, and the fun thing is, is we probably know the same humans, but have never met. We run in the same circles. And I have to really? say the, the background on your computer looks like a place that I have been. Uh, that is crazy. Uh, it's Los Angeles.
2: So yes. If you've been it, to Los Angeles, it is
0: Los Angeles. It is little Los Angeles. Um, very exciting. And just give us a little bit like, like your photographer. You do like what? What is it? What are you doing out here in LA? No one's what from do you? here. Who are
2: I'm you? I'm not from here. I'm I'm not from here. I'm from Ithaca, New York. But then I moved to New York City and I went to school. I went to art school. Oh, uh, I was a very cool art person in New York for a while. And then I moved. Then I. Went into twelve step recovery. Okay. And, I, and then I moved out to LA. and so part, I got into more.
0: So part of being a cool art person became like the the hips looking cool like party I mean, party thing or Oh yeah. That was a huge part of
2: it. I'm a photographer and I'm an artist. I do some I dabble in a little like you know acting whatever but mostly I'm a visual artist I would say this is one of my pictures behind me <gasps> I love it and yeah and I take a lot of pictures of plants I'm big into
1: bushes and
2: plants <laughs> sort of a weird thing that I'm into but
1: I've been, um, known, to, I've been known to be into the same
2: oh, they're Dave. underestimated <laughs> they're underestimated and I see where you're going with that but these are you know we're <laughs> like... out in the open yeah. Anyway, the whole yeah. point is, I was I di- derailed my thought to, yes, I I'm an artist and I do many many things, but mostly I do visual art and I uh, moved to LA in 2008 for the first time. Rad it's a short story.
0: It's fun. a good story. It's a great story.
1: So 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 did you uh did you kick the booze and 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 the and the drugs pre LA or
2: I did LA? I. I did. I drank a beer once in LA when I was 16 at my uncle's. We went to the Costco and he got some <laughs> Corona and I had a beer with them. And that was well, really exciting when I was 16, but I really stopped. I stopped drinking and using drugs. Actually, this is special that I'm on this podcast today because today is March 17th and I, my clean day is July 6th. However, my last drop of alcohol was in 2006 st patrick's day that was my last drop of that substance wow oh,
0: 15 years ago so um that yeah. makes sense i imagine st patrick's day has taken down a uh, few fools you know what i mean like it because it's she's she's a crazy day her and cinco de mayo a little crazy don't know why people go so hard it's gnarly it's a yeah. gnarly scene i say
2: gnarly now because i lived here too long <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. I've been in California all my life. I'm like hella gnarly. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nine years ago on this date, I uh, I was I was driving home from the bar, and this light pole had the audacity to mm-hmm. walk out into the street and wrap itself around my car, and I got a DUI. Ugh yeah, I those bastards I snapped a light pole in half and crushed my car so bad that the car wouldn't start again. So I just plopped myself on the curb and started smoking a cigarette, and I just called the police on myself.
2: Just, oh, wow. I was just like, that's yeah. a great. That's a great move. Well,
1: that wouldn't be... Uh, that, w- that. I did not get sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't. Okay. Not, well... Not till, not, till, not till a year. I, no. Was it a year? It was, it was sometimes later. I got bailed out of jail that night by my buddies, and we immediately walked down the street to hit the ATM to pay them for the bail. And then we bought a handle of whiskey and drank for three <laughs> days straight. Oh, yeah. And then I walked home. And saw that they had, uh, in the time I had been blacked out uh, and away from my home, they had erected a new light pole uh, and the Wiley construction workers had U bolted the hubcap from my total oh. vehicle to the fucking pole.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. To threaten the other cars. It's like this. this pole, she's serious. You sound like a bar, you sound like a
2: barfly. I was I loved going out to the bar. That was a big part I, of my I did lo- I
1: did love life. a I did love a bar. I I did love a George Thorogood. I drink alone, but I also did love a bar.
0: <laughs> I didn't really drink alone. I didn't drink alone. Occasionally, but See, I was 20. I I never got a chance to drink in a bar actually.
2: Oh, uh, I was drinking no in family. bars when I was 14. But yes, sorry. I wasn't.
0: You know, the problem is, and I should have taken advantage. I've always looked this old. (laughs) I've always, I have looked thirty-eight since the third grade. Oh wow! But I don't know why I didn't uh, take advantage of that. How
1: how brave of you to say your age?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm the same age.
1: In Los Angeles,
0: you You are. You look. 10 years it's that middle part you've got that you've got that gen z middle part <laughs> oh, that's not why you look 10 years younger than my girl okay well and it's also probably because you're not letting all your gray hair come in naturally i don't have any gray hair i'm just natural all right okay okay Okay, no, I'm sorry. They were, they
1: were friends.
0: I'm no, sorry. Not friends. No, I love it. I love it. No, I celebrate you. You know what I always tell people is that if you she, want to look.
1: She says through gritted teeth.
0: No, I, if I.
1: I'm <laughs> oh,
0: sorry for you. Um, no, uh, I always tell, I love to share in meetings. I love to say, if you want to look cute for the maximum mm-hmm. amount of time, mm-hmm. stop when you're young. That's and, what I tell people too. Yeah, and put on some sunscreen and drink some water. Oh yeah, that's it. That's all you gotta do, do.
2: Exercise too.
0: Do a cake. And eat healthy, the, the occasional exercise, and try not to only eat French fries after the meeting, and you'll be good. You know, like it's <laughs> just fries.
1: yeah, you, you don't have to eat every birthday cake, sobriety cake that rolls through.
0: Oh man, that one takes that takes a good five years to learn. That one takes a good five. You ever eat a cake in a meeting, and you're like, I don't even like this. I'm just eating this cake.
2: Yes, I hate cake, actually. At meetings, especially. I'm I will to, say that I'm more you of a look pie person. Oh, pie, definitely. Yeah, is way better than cake. birthday pie is better. Yeah, yeah. You look young too. I mean, I couldn't tell how old you were. You know what I mean? Like, how do you know? And also, you know? I think that gray hair is really badass. I'm just gonna say it. Thank when you, you hair. want
0: some? Because I am overproducing it. I'm uh, sure I will get some. I got some. a
1: pile of it on my bathroom floor. I do. You know, so. He
2: does have a lot of gray. I mean, I'm not, I'm saying well,
1: thank this Thank you,
2: thank with you, love. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! I was noticing your hair when I met you, and I was like, oh, wow, he's got a lot of like- Yeah,
1: and, and precursor, and she, she divulged after we had become line friends. Line friends. I took, a picture, I took a picture of you without you knowing it because you had a <laughs> bottle of hot sauce in your pocket. Because I had he's... brought the hot sauce to prove that I actually made hot sauce. Like, I, like how selling. I got my COVID vaccine mm-hmm. was I wrote a letter on behalf of ha, ha Hot Sauce about me in the third person signed by CEO Dave Yates. So and then if that didn't work, I kept the bottle in my pocket just to be like, I'm not <laughs> kidding. This is real.
0: You have to put that in a bit. That's so funny. It's, That's a, go in
1: the, it's going in the merch pitch for sure.
0: It show it shows what a bonkers system one. we have. It's so I ran, crazy.
1: I ran the story at at a, at a at a Zoom open mic last night just to see if it would hit. Mm-hmm. It did. So, I love it. That's very funny. Well, well, new what... friend, we're gonna we're gonna do some questions if you're ready.
2: Okay, I'm ready. I'm looking her up on Twitter. I was like, oh, she's probably like one of those cool Twitter people.
1: Cool. Anna. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Cool is a <laughs> cool is a uh, uh, is a very kind thing to say, but probably not accurate. <laughs> well, else. cool in my book, I you know, <laughs> I love
2: it. D- Dave, get
1: into it. Question number one, okay. Amelia: What does surrender look like to you?
2: Hmm. I looked over these questions uh, prior. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go off the cuff because I'm not going to go into like a whole thing. It's like how I share when I go to my 12-step meetings and mm-hmm. just share. Just go I don't for it. Plan, plan it.
0: Don't pre-prepare. Um,
2: I like to ask. You know, I surrender is interesting. I think it looks really different for me now than it did when I first. St- you know, surrender is like the first step principle. I, I. I think it looks really different now than it did when i was first starting out i mean for me what surrender looked like when i was first in 12-step was and that being said i'm a connoisseur of 12-step programs i'm oh. an addict of all sorts mm. um i just like to do the steps in several different programs because i love the results of the steps and surrender for me when i started with you know i went in aa and then i went into uh na which now I you know it was just about like admitting it's just admitting that I was an alcoholic now, I have a weird and an addict I have a weird experience with like this I feel like it's weird, maybe it isn't weird, but for me, it was like I was relieved that that's what the problem was because mm-hmm. I really thought I was going crazy and that yeah. I was you know mentally unstable, and I probably was a little mentally unstable, but um. When I listened to what people were saying, I was like, oh, this this is the problem. And it was so obvious, you know, it's like so in my face from the moment I ingested any kind of mind or mood offswing substance that that was not good for me. Mm -hmm. But the denial and the power of, you know, that addiction was so within me that I just didn't see myself as being having an issue, which is very common but I went to a meeting and I really just decided and accepted it. I was like, Oh, this is it. Okay. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, take, de- take the actions that are laid out. It's like the steps are like a one, two, three, four. I was like, okay, I can, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess they call it the gift of desperation is what they <laughs> often. I've call. heard of it. <laughs> I had that and I still have that. I mean, yeah. it's been a blessing. I have to say like, uh... so surrender then was like that. It was just like, I'm an, I can't do this. I cannot mm. do this. I can't do it by myself. I also tried to stop using prior to going to 12 step and I couldn't do it by myself. Yeah. Um, and so that is, what it was now surrender is different behaviors that aren't working or just surrendering to life on life's terms which i never really loved that phrase for some reason but i'm such a brat and i'm such a selfish want things my way that's my Mm -hmm. biggest issue i want things my way i want to do it my way or i want things how i want them to be and i was an only child so uh i got what i wanted through manipulation And so in my life, my biggest frustration is life is like, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not, this person won't act, you know, whatever. And so I think now my surrender is like, Oh, this is what's happening. Like I'm going to stay in reality about what's happening and being able to decipher, like, I don't have power over this or I don't have, you know, what do I have power over? Like my attitude or, You know recently i applied to grad school and i did not get into the one that i really really wanted Mm. and i was really sad about it um but through i guess surrender sort of like i'm just like gonna come to acceptance with it and something i do now to prepare myself for that as i look at all options that could happen like this is gonna happen like i'm gonna take action and then I might not get what I want, but then something else might happen. Like I look at all the like worst things that could happen. And then I come to an acceptance about that. I'm going to be okay if this happens and I might be sad, but I'm going to be okay. And so, you know, different behaviors that I have, like I stopped, you said something about nicotine withdrawal at the mm-hmm. beginning, and I quit smoking many years ago and then I started vaping. And I got mm-hmm. really into that. I loved it
0: so much. It was my best friend ever. Same. My vape is locked in the trunk of my car right now. I haven't vaped in like <laughs> You're <so funny>. six <laughs> days. Amazing. Six days. And I was just like, because I was getting sick. I had to go to the doctor. I was like, I think this is actually really fucking me up. <laughs> so.
2: Well, I'll just say like vaping, I stopped over two years ago and it's a miracle. If you want to like call it whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. I technically, I believe in God, but I believe in like the universe energy mm-hmm. God. And I was like, I am I was in a 12-step program. Somebody said on my list of things to do would be to stop vaping. And I was like, no, I'm not going to. And also <laughs> I will put it on my list, but I'm not going to do it unless God comes down from the sky and takes it from me. Mm-hmm. And I went on a spiritual retreat and I was walking around in this labyrinth. I do a lot of weird things. And I had my vape with me, as always. And I got done with the prayer walk and I didn't, it was gone. I lost it. And I was in this mountain in New Mexico and I couldn't really go get another one. And I sort of just surrendered it. And that obsession has been lifted. Although I have to say, in the last couple of days, I did want to smoke a cigarette, but I just. I mean, I feel like surrender is weird. It's like, it's an action and it's, but it's also like not fully just me. It's like some reason it's just something I just give up.
0: It just stops. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, gosh, I wish, I love the sort of insanity of going (laughs) out. Like that's, that's good. Insane when you're like, you're at, you're at a spiritual retreat and you look up and the thing that you never thought you would surrender just like pops out of your hand. That's amazing. Like, do you, would you say that's like one of the most insane moments that you've had in or out of recovery or? Oh, uh, no,
2: it is a, it is a spiritual experience. Yeah. Because I can go out and drink at any time. I can go out and do this at any time. My roommates <laughs> have booze in the house. I don't, What's keeping me from doing that?
0: Right.
2: I don't right. really know sometimes. Like,
1: I just, you know. Sometimes I like to think that, I mean, like when people say, oh, well, Dave can't drink anymore. I'm like, no, no, Dave Dave can drink. That's the problem. <laughs> hey, that's you the know? thing, like, yeah. <laughs> but there is nothing. I mean, my roommates have booze and pot galore. <laughs> and it's just like, they're I, I mean, I think sometimes like, the thing is, just it's nothing that they have no attachment other than the the attachment I give to it. Now I've been recent. I've been I've been chain smoking fucking menthols like I'm 16 again, just because I got Oof. a lot of fucking stressful shit, and it's all good stress. But I'm just like I'll smoke until it's done, you know. And it's just you make that decision. I made the decision to fucking go back to smoking cigarettes again. Can I quit? I sure hope so. And I'm a try, <laughs> you know. But so what would you say the most insane moment in your life has been?
2: Well, I think I talked actually a little bit about this with you Dave when we had a heavy talk, kind of an intense line talk. I would say I'm going to go with being in physical contact and in the presence of my father dying when he died, wow. took his last breath. That's probably the most insane thing I've ever experienced
1: were you you were sober at the time
2: yes it was it was about five years wow. um, and I don't I mean I don't' saying this to be like oh it's so sad I mean I know David experienced uh something along that and so I
1: we're all part of the dead dad's club here yeah.
2: oh okay right so that was a spiritual exp- I mean it was wild I mean if I just objectively look at it um what i thought afterward i really felt like i was like separated from my bot. like i was just like it was surreal to see and then also like death is a spiritual transition Mm -hmm. in my personal belief i don't know where they people go or whatever but like his energy you could feel in the room when he was it left his body and then it was like he's still here it's like palpable right so and that lasted for about a week um However, I just um, I look at it objectively and I think this is something this is what I said to Dave. It happens every day. This happens every second of every day, Mm -hmm. all the time. And it's such a um, huge moment for the people that know this person, the people that are involved in this person's lives. But then it's almost it's just nothing. It's like something that happens all the time. It's no big deal. Right, so I'm getting really existential, and but I'm I'm I just was like experienced it and was like this is wild. Like I've never Mm seen I've never seen someone be born. I'm sure it's similarly intense. Um, and I think death in some ways is just such a beautiful, you know. I wish we had more acceptance of it or more presence to it because it's sad. It's really sad. And it's also really beautiful and something that's natural. And some people, it happens in a more difficult way than others.
1: Yeah, and and we talk. We'll keep referencing the line, and it's like we literally had not known each other period and we we were literally talking about our dead fathers within 15 <laughs> minutes of meeting each other I love it it's something that it's something that 12 step people can yep. do yeah. like when the light turns on and you're like mm-hmm. all right this person's chill enough and got enough time under their belt i'm gonna, we're going to talk yeah. about the real shit but we also talked about the fact that it's just like we as a society i believe it, it, here in america we're so ill equipped to deal with grief and death and I know this because I was so fucking ill equipped to deal with my father's passing. Mm. You know, and, and I make the joke about it. I think I made the joke in line where I was just like, you know, we go to fucking home economics class in high school, or we could take fucking woodworking in high school. Shit that you'll never use again <laughs> yeah. in fucking life. Yeah. Why can't we just take like death as an elective? Like if, if I if I learned back when I was sixteen mm-hmm what I should fucking know at 34. That's right. I'm younger than both of you. Mm. I would have been more equipped. It still would have hurt and it still hurts sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I just had therapy today and it hurt because that's what I'm I'm talking about. But I feel more equipped after doing therapy in this past six months that I did for the first entire year of my father's passing. And Mm. there was nothing in, in, 12 steps that fucking other than stay sober, none of that fucking prepared me for, for the pain. It, you know, there's no chapter in any of these mm-hmm. fucking books. It's like, this is what happens when your dad dies. Was he a difficult dad? Was he a good dad? Let's figure <laughs> it out. There
0: There's, there's a, I can think of a couple of books sort of about, um, later recovery that, mm. uh, talk about it, talk about grief specifically. And,
1: um, I'm talking, the ba- I'm talking to basic books that you get thrown your way when you walk through the door. Right. The basic, right. Right. The basic right. ones. Yeah. The big yeah. one and the basic one.
0: Well, I, and I totally understand that. I'm, I'm sort of the, like, I didn't grieve my dad until my mom died and mm. I wasn't there for either one of those things. And I, I have regrets around that, but there was, you know, my dad died. It took a long time. My mom, it was very sudden and, um, and I, it took me about another six months to actually get into therapy and to go through the process of grieving. And it was basically a sponsor. I've said this on the podcast. Lost my sponsor. I called her, and after I put my hands on somebody, and I called her, and she said, "Go to go to therapy, or never call me again." And um, it, she did. <laughs> she was like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah." She and then she hung up. It wasn't even like, "Okay, I love you, bye." It was like she hung up the phone, and. Um, and I did and and I got the help that I needed and it is such a it's interesting watching people there was an experience that your story kind of reminded me of when my mom died um no one in my family is religious and I think I think Dave people think that religion is the the institution that teaches us how to grieve mm. And mm-hmm. there was a, uh, uh, my ex and my um, aunt were very Catholic, and they were the kind of, you know, they were the only people that really knew how to act in the situation. Mm. And it was fascinating that they, because they had been conditioned to have a grief ritual. And mm. I th- there's actually a really good show on Netflix that talks about grief in a really real way, and it's called um, it. Midnight I Gospel. Minute Gospel. I got to watch it. It's I got so good. It's so good. And I think you would love it. I think you would. But it is, it talks about like, I think in the second episode, they talk about the transition into death and like how it is a transition, you know. And I still struggle with being present for that. In the, I had to put my cat down and I lost my mm. fucking shit. Yeah. And I just was like, do it. And then I looked at her and I said, okay, I'm going to go. And it was like, there's a part of me that's like, maybe I w- wasn't more present, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the experience of wrestling with grief is really a, um, that separates the the children from the adults. And no matter what 12-step program you're in, it is, it's like, yeah, you can tell me how great your life is going, but tell me how great your life is going when someone you can't imagine living without is just gone. Yeah. You know actually me, yeah tell me yeah. that no go ahead i don't
2: know how to do this cuz it's weird it's like we're you're recording you're doing great but,
0: you're doing okay great. um i just, just yeah, forget
1: I, just forget that we're recording and just talk just, okay.
0: yeah exactly <laughs> that's it that's it no i i really was like uh listening
2: to what you're saying like that um death being something that you want to be present for i mean we don't get to choose right it's like mhm when it shows up or what happens and like what grief is, I feel like if I had had, I'm glad I had four years when my parent died because, or got sick, I guess he got sick, I knew first, but I was so glad I was clean. Mm -hmm. Like when that happened, I was so happy I was clean and like could be physically present or just mentally and emotionally present, whether I'm present with the person or not, like physically, just um, able to feel those feelings and go through that process um, consciously. I think a lot of people don't get that. Even people that aren't struggling from addiction or whatever, you know, people numb out in other
0: ways and.
1: Hello there, this is Nicole Yates, host of the digi podcast. Join me each Thursday as I talk to all sorts of interesting people from all over the place about food and life. Because really, isn't that all that matters anyway? That's every Thursday
0: on the Did you Eat podcast. Available everywhere you get your podcasts. And hey, did you eat?
2: You know, I just
1: feel really... Yeah. There's a laundry list. I mean, you go to any funeral in the Midwest and it's eat a lot of food, get real <laughs> hammered.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, so it's like, even if you're not a big drinker, it's like... Guess what? This grief lasagna is going to fuck you up, son. You 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 eat that fucking casserole. Eat that casserole until you don't feel feelings. That is the Midwestern grief motto.
2: I think that's I'm- what everyone tells you to do. Eat, yeah. drink, I mean, and yeah.
1: That's the fucking problem. That is the fucking problem.
0: I don't know. I I think many people forget to eat. I think that's it true. comes from a place that's of true. love. But there's oh, yeah. there's a lot of a- enabling that comes along with that.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying as a standard, as a standard, we're taught all the wrong shit about grief. 100%. <laughs> I think so. And I just I, it's like it's it's nice to talk to people who get it and like to to close out the this portion of the line conversation <laughs> that me and Amelia had. You can easily tell once you've suffered an immense amount of pain like that, when you could talk to someone about it, it's like mm. a, it's like a, like, you know, like uh-huh. it's very similar to, to the alcoholism and drug addiction, like where it's like, you know, one al- addict helping another addict and one alcoholic understands. another. But it's like the same with immense pain, emotional pain. It's just like mm. there's just something there where you're like, oh, this person gets it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, this person
1: gets it. Now, like, there could be no further thing than you had a dad, I had a dad, and I had a dad, and they passed away. Okay, that's that's one thing. But we all got feet, too, and they're all different size feet. You might have, it's like, it's just, it's the sliver of like, okay, well, you kind of get it. But each, there's also, this is like the, the negative consequence to, to grief is people try to relate their grief with their grief or like they try to have like the grief olympics shit you know <laughs> like one of my favorite jokes about grief ever is uh, a very funny comedian his name is Sean White he's a, a he's a dear friend of mine and he had a lot of uh, death happen and, and I believe it was when his brother passed someone came up to him and he goes he goes yeah man when my brother died someone came up to me he's like oh man that sucks you lost your brother uh yeah, my, my grandma just passed, man. So like I fucking, that sucks. He's like, oh, your grandma? Your grandma died? Grandparents are the training wheels of death.
2: <laughs> That's and, funny. <laughs> you
1: know, and it's just like, man. And so like how I've worked on the grief material is from that, that place of just like, all right, like, we're terrible at this. I'm terrible at this. How can I come at it from a place that I feel is genuine? Because I don't feel like telling someone, well, they're in a better place, or like they're not hurting, or any of the laundry list or thoughts and prayers and shit. You know, like any of the laundry list things that when it happened to me, it made me feel like death by a thousand cuts. I was just like, ah, this person, and I don't want to yell at them because I don't want to make an amends. And fuck that lady. That I met. <laughs> in nebraska like she fucking and just just a thousand little cuts when someone dies because people don't know how to handle it so that is I, that is the end of my grief rant
0: i always say i always say it's a um uh, uh my my go-to is um i always say when somebody's going through a hard time how can i show up for you and just mm. listen to that she and said that
1: to me a few times
0: i say it all the time i say yeah. it all the time it's like hilarious and then um and then the second thing that i say a lot is that sucks i get it Cause it sucks. Yeah. There's no other way around around uh when people would say, Oh, I'm sorry your dad died, I'd be like, Why did you kill him? Like I was I was I was a fucked up 17-year-old girl still using. So like I yeah. was like, Yeah, did you kill him? Like, like I could be real cold, but I I totally get it. I think my favorite comedy bit is in um is in Patton's special Annihilation after his wife dies. And he talks about trying to take his daughter on a Mother's Day trip to kind of get her, like, Mm. moving, you know, so she doesn't freeze because she's a little girl. This is going to blow her mind. There's such thing as too much grief for a tiny brain. And um, he's done a really good job. And then on the way back, the stewardess corners her and is like, "Little girl, my father lost my mother when I was a <laughs> child, and now he's beyond gay. Like it's so, it's so oh funny. So, yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very funny. It's uh, uh, but uh, yeah, the um, love and light."
1: Thoughts and 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 prayers. People
2: seriously write that still. I'm like, why are you
0: writing that?
1: We talked about that too. You said that. That's the one that gets you. (laughs) Can't believe people still still seriously. Yeah.
0: Send us all money if you have thoughts and prayers for us. Put it in a monetary form to pay me.
1: That's my motto. (laughs) I tell people.
0: That's why I set up
2: a fund. My friend just passed away.
0: Oh my god!
2: From an overdose. Coincidentally, I'm. I know. I don't want to. I'm not making it a light subject. But what I am saying is. That's why we set up a fund because to help her daughter, because, you know, you you want to. Um, people don't know how to help. Yep. that's People want to help and they don't know how to.
1: Right. And, and it's an easy decision to, to, to tell this to yourself. If you're listening right now and you've got someone in your life that is losing someone or has lost someone, I, I want you to hear me. Food and money help with grief. Thoughts and prayers do not. Okay. The kindest thing anybody ever did for me was find my PayPal info and send me $15 that said go buy Chinese food. And I bought Chinese food. Nice. It was the dope shit. And it's easy. You just have to make that decision. I mean, now that you have the information, you got to make the decision. So just in, like in recovery, once you have the information, you got to make decisions. So Amelia, how do you make decisions in your life today?
2: Oof how do I make decisions? I'm much more, um, I'd say based a little bit more in reality and with my higher power. So it's more like it's a spiritual decision, ultimately, an intuitive decision. However, a lot of times I can't hear my intuition or my connection with my higher power because I'm too in fear. And so I'm anxious a lot of times and so what i'll do is practical like write a pros and cons list really boring but it works Mm -hmm. and then um do a lot of meditation and prayer i'm really big into meditation and um no rushing like take it really slow like okay especially with big decisions like know that I don't like that when I make a decision, it's not black and white. If I make a decision, I can make the wrong decision and change the decision. I don't because I used to think, well, if I make this decision, I felt like that's it. Yeah, worse sir, There's yes. no, I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way about getting clean or wh- whenever they're in recovery, it's like, I, I, you know, with drugs and alcohol, at least for me, that's like an absolute no, it's harder with things that are like, well, you have to eat, right? So you're not going to say, I'm never going to eat again, Mm because I'm, you know, unhealthily eating, right? You have to learn to do it healthy, or you're not going to say, you know, I'm never going to have a relationship because I'm a codependent person, whatever it is. Um, It's harder for me when it's like, it's movable. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier for me when it's like, should I drink and use drugs? Well, I might, I'm killing myself. So no, that's very clear to me. Mm -hmm. um as far as like life decisions I've had a lot of fear in my life like I'm very creative I have a lot of ambition a lot of drive however without drugs I have a lot of fear when I had drugs in my life I had no fear some would say Mm -hmm. (laughs) however that wasn't really true right it's like I just was like that was removed from my brain my my inhibitions but yeah. i've had to learn what to live with my fear and work through my fear and make decisions with my fear um and not make decisions because of my fear like that's a bit like why am i making this decision am i afraid or you know for me it's like a lot of avoidance not doing things i want to do not putting myself out there not right. because i was afraid and you know, so making decisions now, is like when I feel really anxious, like I have to make the decision right now. I have to remember, it's like, I don't have to do that. I can take time to make this decision. I don't have to rush. I can wait until I know how I feel, you know, I and
0: love that. I yeah. love that. I have a, um, I have a, uh, a, a lovely Al-Anon in my life. And um, it's very interesting, because one of the things that that comes up for us a lot as a couple is like, why did you tell me that? And he would say, mm. I didn't really know, know how I felt. And I'd be like, mm. you can say that. Or if you don't have an answer, you don't have to freeze. You can say, I need a moment. Can I sleep on that and get back to you? And that is like a, It's such a communication, like big dick move to be like, it It really is to just be like, you know what, I'm going to get back to you on that. I'm going to process that and get back to you on that. And um, to have the comfort level and the trust that you're not going to be removed from the situation or you're not going to lose whatever outcome you're hoping Mm. for Mm -hmm. to just take a moment to respond with your best recovery. And that takes a lot of self-awareness and self-knowledge. Like what's the most interesting thing you've learned about yourself in your recovery?
2: Wow, that's a good question. I'd say when I was a kid and growing up and into before I got into recovery, I really viewed myself as someone who was very talented, but not like capable. Mm. Like I got into a really fancy art school for some reason because I'm good at Because You're talented. Guess, but like, you're an artist, yeah, but but I was, you know, really struggling in school. In high school I was drinking, I was using drugs. I got into this amazing school and I drank my way through college. Somehow I, you know, graduated, but I couldn't be at my full potential. However, you know, I've realized in recovery, I guess getting clean and after years and years of in-depth work and I go real hard Mm-hmm. Um, on working on myself is that I am a really hard worker and I'm very, not the things I thought I was. I didn't think I was smart. I didn't think I was capable. I didn't think I thought it was a space cadet. I thought, um,
0: Sames. I thought I was dumb. No. I thought it was dumb, yeah. actively dumb. And I am sometimes a dummy. Well, everybody I do acts dumb, dumb dumb things, don't, but I'm not a dumb Don't
1: look at me when you say that. I don't I don't think you're dumb. Like you look across at Dave, the Dave, are side. you telling her she's dumb?
0: Absolutely no. not. No, he's Absol- very patient with me, but I do do a dumb dumb thing every once in a while.
2: Who doesn't? But I had to learned to be you I know, I didn't know that ever. accept yourself as that. You know, I think that's the best way to change change is to accept yourself like there's things about myself I've learned i'm actually pretty like I learned how to like count you know do my money stuff and do all my like taking care of myself in my house and like I wasn't imbued with these skills of living like I got clean pretty young and I didn't have any skills I didn't know how to have a job I didn't know how to like I had little job you know I didn't really know how to function so I had to learn to do that stuff and what I've learned is that I'm actually really smart and I have A lot to offer and um I have determination and uh a grit that I didn't I didn't think you know that I had when I was younger you know because people told me that's what people told me they were like you're spaced out you know you're you know because I was I am a free spirit and I do have that aspect to me but I'm super grounded. Like I have a very like I'm very serious about what I'm doing and like where I'm going, where I'm going, where I'm going to get, and serious about my recovery. And that I think doesn't come off at first when people meet me, except for Dave, because we had this really long, in-depth conversation about I love it. serious stuff. I so love yeah,
1: I like making a friend. I like making a friend in the wild, and we've, Who been, we've been starved of that for the past year or so. Um, but that's it. It boils down to like being honest with the people that you meet and just mm-hmm. having a good i i would f- venture to say that i am a good judge of character i mm-hmm. like i've never been wrong but i've got that that was a quality that was passed down to me from my father was he was a very good judge of character um but that just comes with honest appraisal of yourself and the people around you amelia how honest are you with yourself and other people
2: i'm pretty honest i would say you know i'm not I'm not maliciously dishonest. That's what I'll say. If I'm (laughs) dishonest. It's not because I'm like, I'm gonna lie. Like, I don't really plan a lie. However, I can be manipulative. And I think in order to be manipulative, and I'm not saying it's still it's not malicious. It's like, out of my own um, self dishonesty. So if if I'm not honest with myself, I am on, dishonest with others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say I'm very kind of like straightforward if I can be I will say that I'll be honest with you in relationships, romantic relationships, I have a little codependency going on, probably and you know <laughs> say i can be a little dishonest in that realm mm-hmm. not because i want to hurt people and i yeah i think because i oh really lame shit. like i don't want to hurt their feelings or i want to pretend like this isn't happening mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like to protect uh but it's not because i want to hurt people or yeah, and i'm an open book i mean anybody can
0: yeah. Ask me whatever you know. It's people pleasing is brazen manipulation and dishonesty, hands down. <laughs> it is, it <laughs> is, and and I love sharing that at a meeting when people are like, "Oh, I just care too much. I'm codependent. I love to people please." I'm like, "Oh, so you're a manipulative, down and dirty snake person?" And I know yeah, that because game recognized yeah. game, and like, oh yeah. you know, it's this it's this whole thing of like, you know, all the times. I've caused, uh, major problems in my personal, professional friend spheres, really, you know, recovery spheres by just not saying, no, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't talk to me that way. You know, I'm like, or this isn't the right fit or this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Uh, and you've touched on this earlier, but for me, a lot of that people-pleasing, a lot of that um, self-deception comes out mm-hmm. around fear, fear yeah. of abandonment, fear of a lack of acceptance. For us dead parent people, a fear, <laughs> a fear of abandonment is crazy. That is the big one. So what? how do you experience fear and anxiety in your life?
2: Oof. Well, I used to be really anxious. Like, so when I was a kid, I was anxious a lot and um that was a big part of my childhood is just feeling anxious Mm -hmm. and i was you know i would sort of escape into my fantasy land to sort of have a, a part from that but like you know i got more anxious as i got older and then i just was know how to handle it know how to manage that um and then i you know started doing drugs and it sort of went away kind of and then um in recovery i have been i actually i'll be honest with you i am putting out a shout out to outside help if you are in 12 step if you're not in 12 step whatever but therapy etc for me i needed to do that and i needed to um Mm. you know deal with my anxiety on abroad. now over time my anxiety has subsided to the most of the time i'm not anxious but when i am anxious now it's like oh this is working how it's supposed to be what am i anxious about what am i feeling i have to like sort of self soothe myself and exercise i'll put a plug in for that that helps me with anxiety
1: i like a good bike ride i like a good bike ride to clear out the the fucking creepy crawlies in my skin
2: Oh, I'm a big exercise. I think meditation can work, but I often when I feel anxious want to like go on a run or yeah, um, do something that's going to like change the energy in my body.
0: Which is good, but this is proof that I'm the addict that I am. I got so into fitness that I hurt my body. <laughs> and happened. then I had to re... I had to re-engineer how I can like you said go for a run and I got jealous. It was like every time I had a feeling, I like put on my running shoes and ran. And and then I saw, I saw an episode of the TV show mom, where one of the characters, every time she was uh, confronted, wow. uh Alison Janney's character, every time she was confronted with something negative, she would just run out of the room. She'd be like, I'm gonna go for a run. And um, I was like, that is so real. I've seen us, I've seen people go through that a lot. i I think initially, when I first got clean, people would overeat a lot to get away mm-hmm. from their feelings, and now they get like buff and start vaping. That's yeah, what I, like like new
1: new people yeah. get like buff and they vape so hard they get an infection.
0: Yep, and then yeah. I do that. I can't do. May- just yet another reminder of I can't do anything in moderation uh, I can't either I obsessively got into Bikram yoga when I got clean and got obsessed
1: yo I've heard such good things about it but I watched oh, the fucking documentary it. no of, he's um, not even there anymore don't even I worry about know, him but I watched that documentary and I'm like, oh man, this guy's a piece of shit. I can't do big I, yoga.
2: Well, don't, I don't agree because the yoga isn't connected with him. He's just I the conduit. Just
1: me. I,
0: I love, um, I love I yoga a like lot. Bill yoga.
1: and Bob were, Bill was a piece of shit, but yeah. you no, know, he was one of the founders. <laughs> <of it. laughs>
2: There's a lot of pieces of shit that did shit.
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean, didn't Van Gogh cut his ear off? Am and I really, right? Some yeah
0: amazing yeah, yeah yeah I mean there is when I um it's funny I wish I liked to be chrome yoga more it was actually because I'm a martial arts person and Ooh, my doctor cool. was like you I would like you to maybe try because I, I finally went back to my doctor after a year he said like you're not allowed to do anything and I spiritually hit a wall because I didn't know how to manage my fear and anxiety I didn't know how to connect spiritually without being physically active my doctor was like yeah. all you can do is walk and I'm like this is not mm. enough. So I talked to my doctor and I finally said, "Listen, this is not enough. I'm going a little crazy." And he said, "Oh yeah, you're an athlete. Um how can I He's like, "Why don't you try doing Bikram yoga, hot yoga?" It's and healing I, to the joints, too. I went. And I actually I went to like I went to it was like a hot yoga studio and I actually didn't love it because they were talking to me the whole time cuz they want to make sure that you don't pass out and die. And and I was like interesting, but I did find that I do love yoga. It's just for some reason that one didn't like it didn't do it for me. I'm sure I'll try it again when, you know, we're not in the not in the covid times, but um I I'm found- defensive of it cuz I love it, but I get what you're saying I, I, you get, I, same, it, it, same. I
1: i'm just saying if i would have done it before i watched that documentary <laughs> I would be into it. yeah the but level when i it, hear that dude's name i just think of how fucking scummy he was to those people but even the abused people were like yeah he was a piece of shit but i looked phenomenal
0: that's, that's, that's so call
2: it 26 and 2 if you want you don't have to call it that mm. just the same
0: yeah my um my uh, – and, and I do – it is – I think it's funny we, – uh, well, not funny. I think it just didn't – it wasn't my jam because I associate that level of physical intensity with, like, punching people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I want to punch. Uh, it was, it was, close. It was yeah. close. It was close. It was close. It was the Suboxone to my heroin that was uh, doing other I stuff. Hear ya. But, I hear um, you. But anyway – Uh, So what
1: would you say? What what defects of character have you worked on or surrendered to the most?
2: (sighs) Unawareness. Mm. I've become like obsessively aware. I want to say insane. I track my time. I track everything that comes in, everything goes out financially. I track Mm. uh like I time up everything. I
1: like So you're a very um, to the minute person.
2: I'm a little bit intense, but the reason is it grounds me. Uh, I would say I track my food. I track my, I'm just curious. It's not out of like, I don't have eating disorder, but I do like to know everything. Thing? Probably, yeah. A
0: little, little um,
2: OCD? I'm not OCD. I'm like the most ADD, not even ADHD person. Like I grew up mm-hmm. in a mess. I grew up in like chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never could really like get it together, kind of like mm. always forgetting things, like all that. And um, I've become kind of obsessively into like tracking everything and paying attention because it's what I really needed. Unawareness was how I harmed a lot of people and harmed myself, probably mostly. Mm. Um, and I would say I'm extremely self-absorbed.
1: Okay. That's, That's a classic. Honesty.
2: <laughs> I self-centered addicts
1: and alcoholics that's what i mean
2: yeah um i love people and I, I am inwardly quite i love to give to people and i think that's my true nature is to be quite generous and loving um if i'm just preoccupied with my own self and my own wants and needs i think as i've learned to take care of myself better that's subsided for some reason i'm able to like um I don't know, be present with others because I'm not concerned. I'm not worried as much about things, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, I've got, you know, fear. Yeah. I have less fear. I mean, I think it's like, I guess what we were saying before, I guess the people pleasing. I mean, all that stuff is like, it's gradual. I'd say the most thing that's changed the most in me is just like, Um being aware is awareness. I'll tell a little bit of a story. So when I first got clean, I was like, couldn't do I mean I just was really some people come in, they're like, I suddenly have a six feet figure job and I'm doing doing. Mm -hmm. like for me it was like taking years to get it together. And I I lived with someone and I went to their house or I I don't remember, but I went to the bathroom somewhere, I used the toilet paper. And the toilet paper roll was out, and I replaced the toilet paper roll, and I was like, "I've never thought it the thought had never occurred to me to replace the toilet paper roll ever <laughs> in somebody else's house or in a house I was living with someone to me that was profound because I didn't care about anybody else yeah but, but myself yeah I was the only person I cared about. Yeah.
0: That's nice. I love that. Replace some toilet paper rolls, people. Do it. People don't, I mean, not that that's a big deal,
2: but like, you know, little things.
0: I think I'm more likely to do it in somebody else's house than it is my own. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm (laughs) one of those people. I'm like, uh, that'll happen. Like. I I, hear you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's great. I, what, what would you say in your journey has been like the strangest or like most interesting. Oh, Hold on, back up. I skipped a question.
1: Oh, here we are. Her. Her. Here got, we are. She's on top of herself. She figured oh, it God. out,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Um,
1: Please, she repeated the same question to our our last guest three times. I <laughs> in a row. Girl, girl. My she wanted brain. three stories. I, didn't, I never called her dumb once.
0: You did that not. Way. I did tell my doctor about it, and he just said, "Well, it sounds like you're doing it a sounds lot. Sounds like
1: you need to stop vaping."
0: ah yeah. um, it's all vaping's fault it's all vaping's fault no i am um, what i was gonna say is like what's your experience of forgiveness because that's like that's a lot of self-forgiveness to be able to talk oh, about. oh yeah like that's a lot of forgiveness i'm really
2: hard on myself and i think it helped i think maybe in the past five years it's gotten better because i stopped i got it was actually an al sponsor i was really upset that my house was mess i was really upset that i couldn't like keep things clean and i couldn't do this that and the other thing and they were like it's okay to be messy and i grew up in a household that was i had some trauma around cleaning i'm not going to get into the whole thing but i had no one had ever said that to me no one had ever been like it's all right to be like how you are <laughs> Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And once I self-forgave, like I sort of allowed myself to be as I was. I don't know if it was just like doing the steps in certain areas, but like I allowed myself to be okay with like how I am. Mm -hmm. And then once I was able to be okay with that, I was able to change Mm -hmm. because I wasn't like judging myself.
0: Mm.
2: As far as forgiving other people, I feel like I still really struggle with that in certain areas. Like it takes me a long time to let go. And I almost feel like it's not even up to me. Like I saw an ex on a Zoom call the other day that I hadn't seen in six years. And I didn't wanna see this person. And you know, he hurt my ego. That's basically all that happened. But I realized I haven't forgiven him. And I don't know how to, I don't know what to do. Like I'd write about it or do the steps, whatever. But it's like, I feel like it's almost like, I want to say higher power that lifts it. I mean, there's nothing like that feeling when you see somebody that you are really angry at for a long time and that's lifted. I'll say the last thing I'll say about this is the ninth step. When I first did the ninth step in Narcotics Anonymous, I hated a member of my family so much and I apologized to them for my part in whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I didn't hate them anymore. It just was automatically lifted.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And that yeah. you you just plowed right into our next question. What's been like <laughs> the most interesting um
1: or surprising um, or, amends?
0: Yeah, that you've gotten or given.
2: Oh uh, yeah. That one was pretty intense just because I really didn't like this person. And now we have a really <sighs> great relationship. I mean, I loved this person, right? But I didn't
0: really like them, right? So complicated that... relationship,
2: yeah. Right. Um, you know, I would say that's it. I mean, a lot of my amends have been living amends. Yeah
1: have you re- Have you received Have you received any doozies?
2: Oh yeah, I've gotten people have made amends to me, but I've had a lot of really gratifying ex boyfriends making amends
1: to me for. really
0: i have never i've you had. Fish
1: in the fuck. you fish in the trash pond
0: not yeah. i totally do been, listen but yeah, no. you know what they say that i have some comedy. really good no. quality no, odds, no i've had some odds quality are good, guys. but
1: the goods I, are odd you could wave your arms around like an no. inflatable tube <laughs> in all you want
0: listen but, to me listen to me listen to me
1: you can't find diamonds out of the fucking clams yeah in the mud. you have
0: a you have a point
2: however she looks like you know hey, I've worked a long time and it's progressively getting better. But those are some satisfying ass amends to have somebody be like, I fucked you over, I'm sorry. That is so
0: rare. (laughs) You have no idea. I have two exes in the program and the closest I got to an amends was one of them called me and said, hey, I've been living by myself for a couple, for a few months and I'm sorry for being gross. Wow. And that was one. And the one before that, 13 stepped me for six years and Ooh. never, and I've made an amends to him. And the closest thing he ever got to an amends is when I was making amends, he said, and I quote, we probably stayed in this past its expiration date. Ooh. And that was it. And so I'm in a relationship now where. A person has made an amends to me and uh, it was the weirdest experience because I had not experienced a gentleman be accountable for their actions. Mm -hmm. He still apologized for some shit. I was like, we need to have a talk about some other shit. (laughs) Uh, But it was insane. So I want to celebrate these, you know, the trash pond finds here. They actually had the, the cojones. To make real amends. I've never seen, I've, and these are people, these are, girl, we run in the same circles. These we, are motherfuckers with time, you would she, know.
1: <laughs> she's getting real, she's getting real heavy on the chola. You don't even, you don't you even, you don't even know. You don't, yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> That's I, a, it's
0: so rare it's so rare i'm so happy that happened for you that is so great fishing
1: something i can't remember what it's called but it's where someone throws a big old magnet on the end of a fishing line yeah it's
0: magnet fishing yeah 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 that's
1: what that's that's what dating in in recovery is like is yeah fishing yeah it's like you're hoping for like fucking some doubloons and you get a rusty license plate most
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, my sponsor would live for that. She low-key loves YouTube videos of magnet fishing. It's very Pretty funny. I've never seen her. this. Tell, I have to do this.
2: tell
1: your I don't sponsor that I compare dating in the rooms to To magnet
0: fishing. fishing. You don't know if you're going to get a license plate? You don't know if you're gonna get 18th century gold. You have no idea. Oh, I see what magnet fishing is. This sounds amazing. Yeah. So a person goes on oh, a bridge. Did you Google it real quick. No, I'm I'm just putting it together, uh, listening uh, to uh, you. A person goes on a bridge. It's usually kids, which is funny, and they get a high powered.
1: I know grown ass men that do this shit. They
0: they get a they get a high powered magnet and a good strong rope, and then they throw the magnet off the bridge. And they just sort of like move the rope around <laughs> and then things come out and it's like, it's like... Oh, they just fly out of the water? Or co- they don't well, connect to the magnet? They connect, they connect to the magnet pull it out oh, and, okay. it, and then it comes out They're not and fishing it's, with
1: dynamite. No, no. But like,
0: it's, it's, what do you mean it's it's down? It's it's like... a, well, they, they pull it out and then, and then things are attached and they treat every single find like it is... And I think that's what she likes about it is every video is somebody being like, Look what I found. Ah, uh, it's a duffel bag. Frigidaire. Yeah, or it's like a duffel bag full of jewelry. They'll find a Ooh, lot of jewelry. People really? people get jewelry either stolen and or they have a rough breakup and throw the jewelry off the bridge. My side hustle now. Often.
1: Yeah, I was like, did yeah. we just create Amelia's obsession?
0: <laughs> I think we did. You got to watch these videos. They're crazy. They're crazy. Okay. But that is very, that's a apt a description i think Amelia, you really touched
1: on it a little bit earlier but what does your spiritual practice look like uh day to day like what's your what's, <sighs> your what's your spiritual routine if you have one and you I alluded do. to it earlier I, do.
2: I have a i do i i started out you know i grew up in a sort of spiritual household not religious but open mindedly spiritual hippies, I would say type kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a really open mind with that stuff that higher power stuff doesn't really bother me in 12 step. But I love I it took me a long time to like actually practice something. It's not a religion, I would say I got Oh, I started doing that Bikram yoga, I know the yoga, I got really into that. And that was kind of my thing for a while, like the sort of moving thing. And then, um, I started doing when I was about 2013, I'd say I started doing Kundalini yoga, mm. and that is very into meditation and prayer. It's yoga, but it's like meditation and prayer yoga. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe you it.
1: Need it's to like investigate that's, this. Totally. That's more,
0: yeah, it's pretty wild. Don't get ready because it's weird. That's but, pretty, That's my jam. I'm always like, I want to pretend. I want to feel like I'm about to join an ashram. It's a little bit weird, but yeah, it is. Yeah
2: powerful and so mm-hmm. I do a little combination I love parahasama Yogananda he's actually he has he does like um the spiritual realization fellowship I love him um and his like affirmations and meditations but I kind of mix that with kundalini yoga so kundalini yoga is like a lot of like chanting and kind of like different mudras and different breath mm-hmm. uh patterns and then you know I'm a mystic really I mean I read tarot I'm like very intuition based so Mm. I do meditate every day or that's the goal and I pray I'm more of a meditator than I am a prayer person but I do pray Mm
1: -hmm. and then
2: um I do morning pages Mm. from yeah I do morning
0: pages oh artist's way it's like, the old, what if good t- old artist way. What if you took the twelve steps and made them harder? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did the I did the morning pages before I got
2: clean. I was obsessively on a lot of speed doing morning pages in college, and Amazing. then, you know. So I I love that shit. I I'm kind of like addicted to like doing the steps and doing different. I'm just like, I really love Mm self-discovery, I guess. And I feel like meditation for me, besides making my life easier because I'm more calm, allows for that more self-discovery. I love that.
0: I love it. What's your, you got into, again, you answer these questions and you just blend into the next one, which is real great. So um, God, no God, big higher power, little higher power. What's that relationship like? Oh man.
2: Well, I love, I'm not part of any like religious, mm-hmm. I couldn't join a religious community. I'm too open-minded. <laughs> yeah, <that's
0: laughs> I right. can't decide on one. There's no way. Um, You're comfortable with uncertainty. And I think that that is something yeah, that people, yeah. people who have like a real dogmatic approach to the oh, religion, right. with their higher power, they're like very certain. Like this is and it's like, not everybody's like, no, that.
2: I definitely don't know what God is or what that I mean, to me, I don't think it's a person. I guess that's not what I think. I think there's, you know, we, there's lots of different uh, beliefs that are out there that are really amazing. And I really enjoy all of the different uh, aspects that there are. I love, I guess, you know, I don't negate them either. Like, I don't know if there's like all these people, Jesus come down from the sky. And I mean, anything could happen. I don't know. Uh, but I will say I like the principles of religions that their core, I think there's a lot of really beautiful stuff there. And all the different spiritual teachers have a really beautiful stuff. I'd say for me, it's more of an, it's an energy and of God, there's a negative energies, There's positive energies. There's the universe. I guess I use a lot as like the universe, but I do mm-hmm. talk to God as if it was a person because. It's easier. I mean, I think that's why people do that. It's like, it's just easier to mm-hmm. say God or as opposed to like, some people say Goddess yeah. or some my, people say.
1: My go to is, I say God just so you know what I'm talking about.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is non binary. That's what I like to say. Like, there's no, <laughs> it's not like a gender thing. I don't, I don't, you know, I think there's so many different images of that and so many different, you know, there's so, it's infinite, right? It's infinity. There's, to ways of thinking of it. For me, as an experience, I experience God the most when I'm walking, when I'm creating, when I'm truly empathizing and connecting with another human being, when I'm being physically challenged, like through like exercise or some something like that. I mean, that's when I experience it in beautiful things, you know, and others.
1: I say, remaining teachable is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. So we did it, Amelia Burns. We did. We, we did it. We took it from the streets of Glassell Park to to your oh, first yeah. podcast. You did a great job.
0: Killed it. You I know,
2: did. Okay. Did great I'm glad.
1: Job. So we, we. Well, I mean, you still got time to fuck it up. We got one more question. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna ruin it. Now I'm going to ruin it. Yeah.
1: Uh, what <sighs> would you tell someone just like you in the world listening right now?
2: Oof um
1: no pressure
2: no pressure um i would say have some faith in yourself you know like that you're not gonna go back to how you were before you've done a lot of work and you can do this you know um and also to just take it easy like have a little bit more fun, not that I don't have fun, but have more fun. Like take it light, take it lighter, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: um, wear that life, like the loose garment. I think that's a,
2: yeah. Right. I
1: love it.
0: I
2: love it. Mm Well, all right, we
1: did it, guys. We did it,
2: we guys. Podcasted. We
0: did it. Oh my god! Did I talk too much? Did I talk no, too much? You we went perfect. on too long. You were okay. perfect. You,
1: you, we, we, you we, crushed we it. About an hour. About an hour. That's how these go. But uh, before we get too off the rails, uh, where can people find you and your art?
2: People can find me on all of the things. Uh, I'm on old school Facebook. If you really want to go there, Um, I'm on Instagram at Burnstorm, B-U-R-N-S-T-O-R-M. I am on Twitter, but my Twitter is really boring. So I don't really know. It's my name, Amelia Burns. Um, And I'm on TikTok. Too, if you're going
0: there. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just still TikTok finding my voice. I'm still finding my voice on TikTok. Sames. I have no idea what's going on on the TikTok. It's really like, fun. I love t- TikTok.
1: Never TikTok. TikTok's
0: really fun if you want an uplift.
1: Yeah, it's very I, uplifting. I'll throw some stand up clips on there. And then um, you, you set up a GoFundMe for your uh, your uh, oh, right. friend's daughter. So I want to make sure people know about that so that. Uh,
2: yes. Should I put the link in the chat? How do I give this
1: to you?
0: I don't go know. Go ahead how and email that. it to us. Go yeah, ahead and, and email we'll, it to us, and we'll put it in the show
1: notes yeah, so people so, can. Uh, okay. You, you can go to right. Amelia's Instagram page. Is it the link in your bio? Yes. Right
2: there? Okay, the link so. is in my bio and my Instagram, and it it's to help my friend's daughter, Camille, who has uh, recently been. You know, she's her mother passed away, and so we're just putting together some funds for her, so she might have some, you know, money in the future. Yeah. Yeah. She's a yeah. she's a
1: she's a young lass that is now unfortunately part of the club. So uh, yes. check out uh, Burn Storm uh, on Instagram and link in the bio for Camille's GoFundMe. Uh, so. Here we go, Anna. Where can people find you and this podcast? You
0: can find me at phone on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me at annaellenswila dot um, and you can uh, find me on Facebook. You can find this podcast at Twelve Q Pod, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all the things. Uh, you could Gmail. You can you can mm. find us please uh,
1: Gmail gmail us <laughs> questions 12 Q Pod at gmail so we can get maybe 12 questions yes. from audience yes. members and yeah so we can do a whole podcast based on your questions so. and
0: we're doing another live show wow. on april 4th a zoom zoom live show april 3rd april 3rd april 3rd and uh dave's given me a look and uh <laughs> and that should be really fun and dave where can people find you
1: you can find me on all the things at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, Twitter, Instagram, old school Facebook. You can do that. Um, and then you can order hot sauce from me, ha <laughs> ha Or you can run into me in a COVID vaccine line and buy my lone bottle of hot sauce. Like it was Amelia good Barnes too. Did. Good hot sauce, right. right? I sold fucking yeah. merch in the COVID vaccine line.
2: <laughs> Always hustling. Can't Always. stop, won't
1: stop. Uh, and how we end this podcast is... Every time. Is Amelia, if no one's told you this today, we love you. I love you too. Anna, Anna Valenzuela, if no one's told you this today, we love you. I love you, Dave. Yuck. And if anybody's listening <laughs> right now, just want to let you know we appreciate you listening. Please send us an email. But more importantly, no one's told y'all listening today. We love you. We so love thanks you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.
2: We love you. We did it. Yes. Bam. Bam. You did
1: it.
0: We did It's it. over. Yeah. Wow,
2: thanks, everybody. That was so fun.